Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the I'll Try That podcast. We have live from New York City, it's Elizabeth Hoffman Doe. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I've been... I know, I know, but this is my terrible accent and, and like how I would pronounce it and I've been getting it wrong all my life and I just it feels wrong to try and change it now, Liz. That's you know, true. it's so just it, too... Um, you refer to the Doe you know. Jones? Doe chemical? I do, I do. Sort of the Doe. Yeah, Doe. Doe deer, a female mm-hmm. deer, you know, it all works. Well, definitely, I know, but you know. <laughs> but I've been, um, anyway, we are very, very pleased to have Liz on the episode. We were feeling like our US craft beer credentials were, were kind of out of, out of sync. Um, and so we have brought Liz in, um, who is sat and she is our voice of the US craft beer market. Uh, we'll go into Liz's credentials about why she is um, in, in a moment. But um, Drabs, I think you've got a bit of a hot topic for us. Yes. You? Um, so you guys know I'm, I'm a big fan of a, of a novelty beer, um, stuff that doesn't come around every time. Like I, I forced you all to drink the Goose Island bourbon stout that was what was that some 29 percent and i paid an upset what i thought was a large amount of money for i think it was like 39 pounds for one bottle of beer i'm sure Um, i'm sure they would contest you calling it a novelty beer (laughs) (laughs) i also 100 100 regret buying it because it was awful um which is the worst part about it but um but as as we said we we this this is our american episode this week um and so we thought i would thought i'd find something to do with an american an american beer um and have we all heard of samuel adams no who always Sorry. a good decision it's come up <laughs> always al- always a good decision is, is is that their slogan or is that just uh, used to be um, used to be yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah. okay i like that always a good decision i suppose also you might remember them as they were the saviors of the of the craft beer world when the hop drought happened um back in like i think it was 2007 oh, yeah. 2008 I remember something this like story. That. and we've talked about them before about how fantastic sam adams were when they just basically opened up their hop vaults and just said please have as many hops as you need. Just keep keep doing what you're doing, basically. Oh, so, right, yeah, right. big yeah. fans of, of Sam oh, Adams. Nice. As a big brewer goes, we're a big fan of them, right. for sure. Well, they've, they've, they've delightfully brought out a, a limited edition beer, which I believe, Joe, you said they bring out every year or at a certain point in the year? It seems like it. I mean, this is the first time I've ever heard about it. It's the first one that's made a bit of a splash on the, on the headlines and on the, on the old um, Instagram and, and, uh, and I think TikTok, actually, is where I saw oh, this okay. one. So they've brought out a 28% ABV beer um, called Adam's Utopia Craft Beer. And they describe it as an extremely rare and a highly alcoholic barrel-aged beer that they only ever make every two years. But good luck finding a bottle. Um, Interesting. So can anybody guess? We'll start with how much this beer costs. I, I can cheat and tell you the answer because I know it already. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't want to ruin the fun. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, right. do you? Right. how much? <laughs> so we'll, we'll get rid of the illusions. We know how much it's cost. <laughs> seen, seen behind the curtain. I was, just, I was just trying to create some suspense, but you've ruined it. It's fine. We'll move on. Like, yeah. oh. No, no, no. Tell us how out. much does it cost. Go on. Well, $200. Oh, <gasps> no. <laughs> I don't believe it. I am shocked. If, if, if anyone can do the exchange rate, how much is that in pounds now? Is it... I think it's, well, it's probably about, about £200. Yeah, about pounds. yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so £200 for one... Thank you, Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's £200 for one bottle of beer. Nice. Oh, what, why so special, mm. then? That's the question on everyone's lips, right? 
Why is it special? Well, well, I was going to say, it comes in, one, it comes in a limited edition bottle. Ooh. To be fair, the, the bottle looks snazzy, to say the least. Like, is it like a Yeah, co- I'm not sure outside? what it looks like. It looks like a big... Yeah, it looks like a hopper. It looks like a beer coaster, like a metal beer coaster with a big spout at the top. I I'm not sure. Like a, a like a, you know, along one of those old-fashioned paperweights that you might have put yeah, down on, like on your stamp. papers on your desk. Kind of like if you've seen Indiana yeah. Jones and the Last Crusade, it's like one of the, um, you know, they're, they're looking for the cup. <laughs> it's like oh, the one yeah. they pass yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when they end up getting the right one. It, it could, like, really fit in in that sort of... Um, selection i think but i, I think, think it's copper re- right yeah well i don't say I, th- I think what i really like about it is is they have a picture i believe of samuel adams that you can slide doors back on the bottle which i think <laughs> so i think it it's meant it's... to look like a miniature version of a of a, like... a, of a vac yeah like a I yeah, want... I think you're right, Liz. I think you're absolutely right. I wanted to say kettle. Because those, those little <laughs> windows into which which Travis is, is talking about, you open, peer open, they look like those big shutters where maybe they'd pour ingredients in, right? Yeah, you, we've definitely walked past it, one of those, but about 250 times the size. Yeah. Oh, was that the ones? Oh, haven't we got a picture of us three inside one of them from the Heineken factory? I think that's right. We do. Yeah. The Heineken the experience, Heineken I'll experience. have you know, Travis. Oh, sorry, yeah, the Heineken experience. <laughs> 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 but yeah, absolutely. And it's um, I, it, it's interesting, this thing. I mean, I, I did watch someone review this beer and uh, they ended up beer bonging it. And 28% is not to be beer bonged lightly. That is a, a very a, a high ABV beer. I think he came to regret um, that, didn't he? But yeah, I mean, they're very proud of it. Sam Adams are very proud of this beer. But you're not going to be able to buy it in a bar. For, which no it seems like well they've said that they've basically um, made 13,000 of these and they've only made them available in the US um, which is fair you know it's their prerogative I just think 13,000 from what you were saying they've, they've been kind of claiming you're not going to be able to get this beer but 13,000 is quite a lot of bottles actually mm-hmm. you know for 200, $200 a pop that's quite a lot of money that they're uh, bringing million. in with this uh... <sighs> well done <laughs> hides his hide, 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 hide hide calculator um <laughs> 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 oh no hang on i put that in the wrong place um and yeah i thought that thirteen thousand doesn't seem it's, it's pretty limited but not that lim- limited but mm. isn't it also it's the batch size but also the fact that um 23 year um old uh, aged barrel oaking yeah, uh, you're looking at me okay. surprised, but I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, yeah. uh, and it's a it's a triple bock, right? Come on, you guys need. Oh, we haven't me. done a bock yet, have we? Got to do a bock. I'm just a I'm bock. just reading something quite interesting at the end of the article is that they can't legally sell it in 15 states because of the high alcohol content in it. Fabulous. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest, given the crazy state-by-state state laws when it comes to alcohol. Isn't that right, yep. Liz? Yeah, it is completely nonsensical. So, I mean, you can literally go from one one place, go in a county, a dry county, go down the road, and you can't buy beer, and you know, and then you go across the street, and then you can buy beer again in some places, right? Some, 
really weird, weird, weird alcohol laws. But it all makes sense from uh, back in the day when prohibition was king. Um, <laughs> but also that that high percentage is also like I, I I also I think I saw that same review as you, Joe, with the the guy who beer bonged it at the end. Which again, bold move, I'd, I'd say. But I'm guessing it's probably not that dissimilar to the Goose Island that we tried with you, Joe. But I'm getting an impression that this thing is going to be like treacle. Um, trying to drink down a quite a real <laughs> thick, heavy, full-on, very much special occasion beer, right? If that's not stating the obvious. Well, is it? Was it over? Well, for two hundred dollars, that's got to be a very special occasion, yeah. right? For most people. I think I might have actually tried this once a few years ago when I was living in DC. Ooh. I'm just having this flashback to coming to a bar and someone, you know, a bunch of us were there, and someone had just, I don't know had some success at work or whatever and he was like i'm gonna get a 200 dollars bottle of beer or it was something it was something, like, something absurd like that and he let me have a sip of it and yes it was treacle like or as we would yeah. refer to it molasses yeah yeah did they when they got it and they sort of walked over from the bar was there like a lot of dry ice you know, the, the lights went down, there's someone playing the drum, like a little drum roll for it to no, come out. Oh, they had a sparkler like, a little going bit off as well. around it, and yeah. basically, you know, the guy walking oh, it over nice. kind of had his elbows out because he's like, no, no one's spending <laughs> this beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, if, if you're spending $200 on a, on a bottle of beer, we, we were in the barber, you, you weren't there for this adventure, but when me and Joe, Joe did VIP in the Folly Deuce, they were sending bottles of champagne down with sparklers down a zip wire mm. sort of thing. And that's that's sort of the level that I'm expecting if I'm spending 200 quid on some beer. I think I think you want a bit of pageantry with your beer, uh, you know, your $200 bottle thing. But Liz, so were you guys drinking like, you know, how much were you consuming, do you think, from this beer? Was it like you having a full glass or was it like a no, small tiny, serving? tiny, tiny like... little snifter. Yeah, tiny. it was definitely okay. served in a snifter. Okay. <laughs> Like a one ounce yeah. like situation, you know, kind of Pink, sipping yeah. on it. Okay, Basically so almost stuff. treating it like a nice yeah, whiskey exactly, or something, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Pinky it, it fingers like out as far yeah. as they would go. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Pinky <laughs> fingers out if you're swigging this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real, real pursed lips. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even getting to your tongue. You're just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> And I feel like once you've consumed it, you're going to have to go straight online and write a whole blog about it as well. Exactly yeah. what you were tasted, how it went. Slight side note that on, on that. Well, that's slight, good. Slight side note, sorry, uh, on that as well. Yes, Drabbers, I noticed you wanted to bring it up again. And thank you for reminding me that I wasn't there when you had a very nice time. I, every, every, year it comes up, every year of my memories, it comes up and I will send it back to you. Thanks, mate. Pre- appreciate it. <laughs> Fabulous. Well... I think we can slide on from that one. And I think Liz has already given us a bit of an insight into Liz's uh, vast knowledge and kind of gathering of information about the US craft beer scene, given she's already had this $200 bottle of, uh, of, of beer before we even knew it existed. So well done. But Liz... We invited you on. Obviously, you are, you know, a very knowledgeable person about craft beer. Um, can you explain or kind of share with some of the listeners, you know, what, what kind of, you know, what, what what kind of gives you the kind of the the, the kind of the, the credentials? And, and I'm doing this with a wry smile because I'm, it's just fabulous. You've already told us off air what you've done before this episode, yeah. which make, makes the three of us look like we just turn up and just kind of Google stuff, which is not too far from the truth, to That's be honest. Nine, that's 100% <laughs> what I do. We also wear hats. <laughs> yeah. Some of you wear hats. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> two, at least two thirds. Says the guy who doesn't have a hat yeah. on. <laughs> I don't have one. Um, yeah. I, um, I'll share that probably 
my credentials go back even farther than you think, Joe. Uh, I don't know that you know that <laughs> I wrote my senior paper as a history major about beer, the beer industry and alehouses, and the development of the English national identity in the 18th century. So that was a oh, really fun oh, paper to write. Incredible. It's <laughs> <laughs> the mic drop moment. That's incredible. Right <laughs> yeah. It's it's brilliant because I know you've told me this once before over a beer, which is fab. And I remember because um because every so often like if someone's going to fact check us, which we need, we need fact checkers in this. It's it's Liz, and it's fab fabulous to get an a, a, an Instagram message from Liz saying, actually, I think you'll find that blah 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 <laughs> this thing blah blah blah. And it's like yes, that's fantastic. Like, and we always make make a point of bringing it up. Um. So that's brilliant. So that so it goes back, you know, a long time. Your love for beer and the understanding of the the brewery world. Um, but you know, we 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 I gave you the challenge coming onto this because obviously, you know, diving into what you know about the American and just general brewery world. Obviously, we could we could do multiple episodes on that. But I was really keen to to find out like what's happening in the states right now. What is the kind of the consumer mindset? What's happening with the brewery world? Um, you know, kind of get a bit of a sense check as I kind of set this up with. So you know, what what have you you know, kind of what have you found? Yeah, for sure. So um, as further credentials, I live above a craft beer bar <laughs> and uh, it is essentially my living room. I am existing in a Cheers episode constantly. So I have <laughs> access to a lot of people and professionals in the industry and I am, you know, a, a tippler myself. So I have one friend who works in sales marketing at a Brooklyn-based brewery, uh, Six Point Brewery. And he was able to share some really great insights in addition to my own personal observations. So I would say, Joe, when you were here, the craft beer industry mm. was going very strong, but it was, mm -hmm. it was still what it had always been, just bigger, which is a ton of yep. really ridiculous science experiment type IPAs. And maybe some yes. sours, yep. maybe some saisons. Um, but mm -hmm. very big, splashy, not a lot of precision. Uh, if there was precision, it yep. was on the art on the cans, and that was also a, you know, a big part of it. So the things that have changed, especially as we are settling into a post-lockdown you know, world, is the people mm -hmm. who were drinking the heavy IPAs, they still are, but they generally are drinking them at home. So they're not drinking them on mm. premise so much anymore. And the, you know, like the 32 to 45 year old subset, uh, you know, they're still spending the same amount of money. And so the breweries are still making the same amount of bottles, but people are getting them at bottle shops, grocery stores, etc. They're yeah. not drinking them at bars so much. What people are drinking at bars or like that same age set, what they're drinking at bars is more uh, high quality, low ABV pilsners and lagers. Interesting. Yes. Whereas the really younger set, so like the 22, 21, 22 mm. to like 31, they are drinking sours. Mm. And the reasoning mm. for that seems to be that, you know, it's very tied into the whole White Claw uh, phenomenon yeah. where people want to sort of feel like they're drinking a cocktail without drinking a cocktail because they don't want to taste the alcohol. Yeah. So it's high flavored. It's something that's going to like, it's it make you feel like you said, it's not going to be, it's going to be an interesting flavor, but you're, you're not going to feel like, oh, this is like, 
you can have a couple of these basically and feel like you're just having a good time. Yeah, and, and it's the, the good time part of it as well because um, previously a lot of the craft um, mm. beer makers were targeting the beer nerds. And so there was a yeah. lot of um, information included on the bottles or the cans or anything like that. And they're like, okay, this, this is a citra hop. And you know it's it's mixed with a, a Simcoe hop, and like you know here are the 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 slight balances that you might be able to detect. And now they're shifting more towards the masses, who they just want to read a description mm -hmm. that is going to tell them what kind of experience they're going to have when they drink this. You know, yeah. is this going to be like breakfast in a can, or um, are you going to like is are you having a bad day and this is going to make it better kind of a thing. <laughs> I, honestly, that's that's ringing so much truth from what it, you know. Witchwood Brewery did their redesign, and they went so far just to stop calling their 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 drinks, you know, by specific names, and they just called it a golden beer, a brown beer. You know, they just made it really like the like straightforward. This is what you're having. Like it just simplified the whole thing. You know, it's you know we we you know we, there's kind of information overload that we can kind of tap into, and I think people are out there just wanting like okay. I've, I've kind of information overload let me just have a nice time let me drink something that's tasty i know it's going to be good because it's from x brewery or you're giving it to me at x tap room and i i trust you guys and you know you yeah know, that makes a lot, legit, of sense. E a lot of sense even as someone who kind of feels like they're you know on pretty good well at least nodding terms with pretty much every bead run into i still pick up a, a can of ddh and i go uh what <laughs> that's what i do know now but i'm just for for again you know there's the beer nerds are going to be like a smaller subset of the whole, right? There's going to be... Uh, yeah. I, mm, it's not right to call them normal people. <laughs> but, but there's, there's normal people out there, right? Or normies. <laughs> yeah. I, which I don't count myself as a card-carrying member of the normal people. <laughs> oh, no, I can 100%. I was, in, I was in a craft beer pub a couple of days ago, and it is, it is through, it's through and through an interesting group of people. But that could just be Weymouth as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's your neck of the woods, mate. Yeah. But I love going back to something you also said as well. I mean, we've talked about it before. Lager is back. Don't forget, guys. Don't sleep on lager. <laughs> it's back. I was thinking about this. And actually, brings me on to... So I, I feel like I was being a bit... Oh, we're not meant to swear. Basic bitch on, on American beers that I got hold of. Can you see... I've got oh, the Bro Brooklyn yeah, pills. Yeah, you got the Brooklyn because yeah. we've only been in the fairly, fairly recently seen this over here in the UK. I think it's actually it's a nice little moment of nostalgia for me. I think the first episode I did because I was a late joiner was we did Brooklyn Lager. Um, yeah. And now they're having a go yeah. at Pilsner, which is you know the European uh, style, but again done by an American brewery. And um, yeah, that just sort of sparked in my mind is when you said that actually that group from sort of 32 onwards uh when they're going out into uh, to a bar are going for the premium high-end lagers and pilsners like, oh pilsner i've got one <laughs> <laughs> and it and it makes a lot of sense because we've covered quite a lot of new entrants into the international market of you know they'll be they'll be in the states as well like you know the the likes of the the, the kind of the new italian premium lagers you know the spanish premium lagers you know they're kind of yeah. there are different yeah. international lagers making well, their way around uh, so another person that i spoke with is a very deep beer nerd and he was very excited <laughs> mm. to, to speak with me and share his thoughts to be shared with others and i asked him um, a couple of things. One of the things I asked him was like, what is like, 
what's the future? Like, what's next? And, you know, he got all excited and mm. he was like, oh, okay, so you might have noticed that there's been a big trend in Western and Central European styles and he thinks that what's coming next is a heavy emphasis on Eastern European. So the, the traditions that go back like a thousand years and um, really perfecting that very like Czech, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like Romanian, like that kind of a thing. Cause you know, like you were saying the mm -hmm. Italian and the Spanish, like, okay, we, we have that, we're liking that, but he thinks that that's gonna be where it's, uh, it's gonna go next. Which just makes me think like, oh, okay, so we went, you know, the pendulum swings always. And we were mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. forefront of just trying everything, new science, these like cold IPAs that are a thing now. And now it's gonna go back and be like, okay, so what did we used to do thousands of years ago? Let's try that again. Uh, and so very interested to see how that pans out. Absolutely. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, just talking about the, the Eastern European side, I mean, we know of some, I mean, obviously Czech, it's their, their repertoire of amazing beers. It goes back centuries, you know. Um, but the fact that there are new breweries in, in the Czech Republic who are coming out with some fantastic takes on on some of those traditional styles. And I think that every every country has had breweries trying to do different takes on their traditional styles, but it's when it gets like outside of a country as well, and when it becomes popular yeah. in other parts. And I think that's exactly what your friend was tapping into. I think that like when, when it, when you see it everywhere, you know, we're talking about beers that, you know, transcend just like a, a, like a small group of people to the masses, you know, and I think that's phenomenal that, you know, these breweries are picking this up and, and consumers are getting switched on by this as well. And they're going, oh, I want to try these. Well, and I think it's important that people are clearly eager for it because one mm. of the things I was asking is like what is the one thing you wish everyone knew about craft beer in general um, and also right now and something I was kind of shocked at how universally uh, you know around this went is they want everyone to know that it is hard to make a good lager and a good pilsner you mess up you throw in some hops mm. and like you're fine it's an IPA and try again uh, <laughs> um, it's a limited exactly, batch. Exactly, yeah. So the fact that there is an appetite and an audience for this mm. product that will take more time and precision and science and effort to make and then market, um, you know, that, that had to happen hand in hand. So I was, mm. I was thinking, we, in, in, in the UK, we had for a long period of time that there wasn't any... There, there was there, there was lager, but it was all very similar and all very samey. And only recently, in the past five or so years, lager, as we know, it's coming back. Um, it hasn't really gone anywhere, but it started to get more crafted and start becoming a bit more e exciting coming out there. Is there anything like that in, in America that's kind of pushing through and coming in that's going to be that you think maybe England might start lashing onto because we we have we we have a few American breweries and their their craft stuff coming over here and it's getting more and more popular. Is do you think there's something coming our way that we should be looking out for? Um, I don't know if uh, you guys have a ton of them, but Kolsch uh, Kolsch's are very yeah. popular. Mm. Um, you know, so the the bar that I live above has 24 taps that are constantly rotating, and there's generally always at least nowadays at least two pilsners, at least one Kolsch. Uh, like three or four different lagers, uh, like a Hellas lager. Um, we've got Mexican lagers. Uh, and so the fact that, yeah, I can taste the difference between those and I'm going to be in a mood for this kind of lager right now, but not that one until the next day when, oh, okay, actually, yeah, that would actually weirdly satisfy me slightly better, even though they're both lagers. But um, 
I at least can appreciate the difference and the, the nuance. It's funny that actually I was thinking something similar and I think Joe and I spoke about it in, in a recent episode is also it's particularly for a UK bar these days. I think this is kind of what you're talking about, Rich, is that it used to be really, really standard to go into a bar and on the taps there are four options. Um, whereas actually it is so much more widespread now that you'd see uh, six would seem like not very many. Um, and actually you'd have thought particularly, <laughs> I, I, I think the, the Colch thing, Definitely, when we've in so many bars these days, because you've got that many, there's definitely space for one to to sort of give them a try. But I don't know. I guess maybe for a lot of bars in the UK, it's kind of someone just making that first, you know, taking a little risk on it. And you'd have thought there's breweries that have got the sort of distribution network to take that risk, but um, no one seems to have done it yet. So I, I would have thought that'd be sort of wide open. Yeah, I think another thing that. Um... I've noticed, and not even just in New York, when places have, in the States, they have a bunch of different taps, they're, they're not all beer. So there's generally at mm. least one cider um, because mm. they're aware of, honestly, I, it's because the gluten-free movement, you know, like they want to make sure mm. that they have something mm. for those who literally can't have beer. Uh, but there is also increasingly a non-alcoholic option. Sometimes it's... Sorry. Yeah. Keep going, guys. Sometimes it's root beer um but the yes, my bar actually has a full-on athletic uh brewing company non-alcoholic beer on tap nice because that to be honest it's the non-alcoholic that <laughs> particularly on tap doesn't seem to have broken through cider particularly in in my part of the country is, is there's always <laughs> yeah there's always always an option but um the non-alcoholic beer on tap also hasn't hasn't quite happened yet actually most are pretty good with having a, a, a bottled version but uh but on on tap hasn't hasn't quite come through yet i, was, I think yeah, it's probably well, that's, the same that's brand new you know i'm yeah. i'm thrilled about it so <laughs> <laughs> well so, so i was i believe um i brought up in one of the hot topics we spoke about was the non-alcoholic bar that's supposedly opening in my hometown at the moment and that's being and that's been pushed forward and that's actually been okay and they've now got a venue and everything like that um and so they are they, and the thing was they are going to have um i think what is it the article said seven non-alcoholic beers on tap which i think is is a big is a big step forward in the in the non-alcoholic movement when i i was quite disparaging because it sounded like it was going to be a late night cafe um but yeah so. <laughs> just having everything else um yeah, that, that's decent though that actually no that's going to be out there um i actually it's funny it just put me in mind of another conversation recently with someone saying for when someone actually focuses on doing non-alcoholic beer, that's when you get the better results. Because a lot of people look, still are hearing about non-alcoholic beer, kind of roll their eyes and go, oh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the normal stuff, but not as good. I, I keep hearing people say that actually, yeah, the non-alcoholic versions of beers that they've had before, they're still not that keen on. But if someone actually goes after non-alcoholic beer and does it, the results can be can be really positive. Yeah, that's a I would generally agree with that actually brooklyn brewery does a really good non-alcoholic ipa um and i fully i mean again ipa it's easy to just throw some hops in something hop water delicious yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no notes i love it <laughs> so um so so do you know what is what is the up-and-coming non-alcoholic brewery in america at the moment because I'm, I'm not sure. We've, we've got a few in England coming through um, that are getting bigger and bigger. But what, what's kind of blowing up in America in that scene? Definitely athletic. Um, athletic. That's, yeah, that's the big one. They have a full range. Uh, 
you know, at, at any time. And so in my bar, they started with just one type. It was just the lager. And then they mm. now have, uh, then they introduced an IPA and a hazy IPA. And they had those three for, for quite a long time. And now they have those three. And then they also have a, a wit, a, a cerveza, so like a Mexican lager, okay. a copper, uh, and a goza. And sometimes they have a sour. So I actually have like a bunch of the, the sours just living. Someone brought them oh, over nice. and they just live in my fridge now. <laughs> <laughs> it's winter. Like, what am I doing? Just like, like slinging back non-alcoholic sour beers in, in the winter. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe come, come summer, take them to the park. Oh, but you know, actually, I, I, the other week I was like, actually, I'm not having any alcohol midweek i'm not doing any of that and then we had a couple of leftovers from um uh that was it mash gang that we we yeah. tried the other week rich and i went i'm convincing myself i'm not having any alcohol this week but there you go i've got an out al- non-alcoholic beer and um that tied me over it was like you know i'm having a little treat here <laughs> so, yeah, yeah the trick with sorry. non-alcoholic beer is you gotta start with non-alcoholic beer it can't be it. drinking a good, yeah. tasty beer and then switch to a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then that's just going to, yeah, you, <laughs> you can't. It's going to give you that expectations of that nice beer first, isn't it? That, sorry, that tasty beer, rather. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice isn't the word I should be using. Uh, but that's interesting about Athletic, though. So is that, um, I've, I've got to confess, not not brewery I'm, I'm familiar with. Um, is the name also a bit of a clue in, it, in, in there? Because, uh, I mean, we've tried... Um, Rich, you might have to remind me on on the you know, Erdinger who who was a couple yeah. of, and I think there was another one, wasn't it? The which was the um, you know, the grapefruit Radler, which was also oh, this is for the drink for people who've gone for a big old cycle ride, and then they want to have something with a li- with a little alcohol in it afterwards. But um, again, it was the the Erdinger I think who'd been styling their bit then on alcoholic beer as being a uh, a sports drink. So I'm guessing sport, athletic it was, it was, maybe it was along a, those lines. Yeah. It was, it was meant to be an after-sports drink once she finished playing football, have an Erdinger, which was confusing. That's um, right. Sorry, I beg your pardon. It was the actual alcoholic one, so yeah. <laughs> this is a sports drink. But I'm guessing that's kind of the thing that Athletic are going for. This is post-sport, you know, go and have a drink with your friends. Here are some really nice options that don't necessarily include alcohol. Athletic. I mean, is, it, is it designed for people who maybe do more sport? Um, on a day-to-day basis and then they go right you can have an athletic afterwards and still feel good yeah there's um um have you guys talked about Michelob ultra before yes we have talked about yeah yeah so you know their whole campaign was this is the beer for people who do intense exercise and athletic endeavors and then want to have a beer because you know when you run a long race um you know a 10k half marathon marathon they hand you a banana a bagel and a beer and yeah. <laughs> and that's part of the prescribed recovery but you know the alcohol isn't the necessary part in that it's the carbs it's the electrolytes um yeah. you know and it's just it makes it go down easy so it's you know healthy <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just 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 to go slightly off topic Talk, talking about what you get at the end of a run that is a bail a bit a bagel, a beer, and a banana that you get at the end of a 10K. Three beers. Generally. It's, it's, yeah, generally. It might be a, some combination of yeah. those three things, but it's one, at least one of those Bs tends so, to be so offered. My, <laughs> so, my, so, so my dad ran the London, Mar- the, the London Marathon, and 
it was Flora, which is which is butter in the UK. There's a butter oh, company sponsored, and at the end of the marathon, he got a tub of Flora, which I felt was really counterproductive. <laughs> You've just run 26 miles, and you get a tub of Flora. I'm not sure oh, what I... you're going to do with it, apart from kind of lube up the chafing. Is all I've got in my head. But yeah, I thought sorry, you, you slight, need slight <laughs> sidetrack there, but. <laughs> You need the floor at the start, surely, instead of, instead of the end. Yeah, right. So what are you currently drinking, Liz? At you? Is, 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 um, is, it, is it the Athletic, or is that just there for show? No, so this is, um, it is, I'm technically on the clock. Um, so I am, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a non-alcoholic beer. It is carbonated hop water. Um, so I've actually gone through one already, and so I've switched. So I have um, these two on hand. So it's called the company is Hoplark, and they're freaking delicious. Highly recommend. Um, so this one is the Citra, uh, double dry hops with Citra hops, and then this one is really really hoppy. That is that is the name of the beer, <laughs> and it is double dry hopped with Simcoe and Citra hops. DDH. I know what that is now. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. <laughs> but, but like after saying that earlier i needed to qualify it um i love the simplicity of that name as well by the way because that will help out the fools like me <laughs> really really hoppy yes okay so well, those sound delicious uh, we've seen such an amazing explosion of non-alcoholic of great non-alcoholic beers lately as well and i think that's like testament to what you were saying before, people looking for those kind of low or no alcoholic options, but still actually with fantastic flavour. And those those two sound incredible. I'm gonna have to like see if they export to the year uh, the UK because I definitely want to try some of those. Yeah. Hop, hop, yeah. hop lark, did you say, Liz? Hop lark, yes. Okay. Not lark. No, I, oh, I, I feel really bad because I I really wanted to get some really cool craft American beers to to drink on this episode, mm-hmm. but um. As, as the boys will know, I recently had an accident where I, I fell down some stairs at work, so I've not been able to really move a lot recently. So I managed to make it to Tesco today, and all I got was Shipyard in Sierra Nevada, with the only two American ones that I could find. Hey, but, but as as the, they're, they're classic craft, yeah. you know, that's classic a classic craft. American craft. So shipyard, people say, is the kind of the, the birthplace of American craft, a shipyard, and obviously Sierra Nevada exporting. I mean, I've got a Sierra Nevada. It's one of my favorite go-tos that you can find in most mass places, you know, and it's just, it's a lovely, uh, a lovely smooth uh, pale. Testament to that was that I also saw Sierra Nevada, and I thought, you know what, I think one of the guys might get Sierra Nevada, so I'll leave Sierra Nevada alone. Who <laughs> 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 played the blinder there. Um. There was a, a you guys might have probably already talked about it, but the uh, the King Elizabeth oh. uh, barley wine. We did not bring that all through yeah. that. No. Yeah. So I do oh. have this. You know, as soon as the uh, the clock ticks to the appropriate hour, I will be cracking open a Torch and Crown, which is a great brewery, um, and it is a barley wine, which is a thirteen percent alcohol <laughs> beer. That's just that's just hard. That's just a hard drink. No, yeah. no one's enjoying that. I mean, in the, uh, you know. No, you can. You can, you can. What I will say is that it does not need to be in a what pint. pint I don't need up. a pint oh, of this. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is a uh, you know what we call a tall boy, and I don't need a tall boy of thirteen percent barley wine. Um, so. Uh, that's a share of can, that's I for know, sure. That's a, it's like a bottle of uh, Prosecco or something, which is like, once I open this, like, I gotta finish it, so... 
Don't don't worry about him. He, I am loving very these like older school. <laughs> <laughs> I am loving these more older school kind of like styles of beer coming back with gusto. You know, barley wine. You know, is is obviously been a staple so long. Mead. We've mead. seen more mead, mead. than we've oh, ever yeah. seen. Oh. Table beer. Table beers coming back. Oh yeah, um, we've had that on. Drive. You know, there were. I have the need loads of it, loads of it, and you know that was one of the biggest, big kind of trends we were expecting to see. Is not just you know obviously like you know different like beers from different areas come back, but just very traditional beers that have gone out of fashion coming back um, with a gusto. So yeah, barley wine. I mean that's I, I've never had a barley wine, and I can't wait to try one. That's I, just please, you know because all the barley wines before, because yeah. I am imagining yeah. what your face will do when you taste <laughs> barley wine because. It's you're gonna smell it and you're gonna make a face and then you're gonna taste it and you're gonna make a different face. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I've had barley wine before, um, but this was I mean many years ago, possibly when I was sixteen, seventeen, and, and me and our friend Tris, or I think Tris stole it from his parents, and I think we tried barley, which is which is not the first time Tris has stolen alcohol from his parents and it's, and it's ended poorly. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and I well, and then I was sixteen. I I was not a fan of what I tasted. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you might have had something like a gold a gold label. You know, this is the one I'm looking at right now. The, a barley wine. It's the most kind of like I guess kind of mass. Tom Hardy's ale. Yeah, it's there's no well known named brands that are doing a barley wine here in the UK yet. So yeah, maybe that's uh, that's that's PBC. <laughs> my I'll see what I can, well. uh, sneak into my my suitcase uh, next time I. I pop over. I'm, I'm still waiting to see Although mild. in saying that, I have just spied that Brewdog have done a American barley wine called Barn Dance. Amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, so I've got to see some more mild. That's the one. Low ABV. You know, we've got the, the lows and nose yes. making... making um, I say making a comeback, making an impact. I, I, it, it, I think it was a big thing in maybe the seventies and eighties in the UK. We have, have a pint of mild, something dark and low percentage. Um, I'm, yeah, just because I want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But, <laughs> but, but, but uh, um, when when it eventually happens at some point in the next two hundred years, I can say I was right. Put it on your on your gravestone. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nostradamus over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liz, what, last word uh, of the pod when it, of this episode. Thank you again, very very much for coming on and giving sharing such insight and, and and knowledge on this. And obviously, your beer credentials are without question uh, going forward. And we'd love we would love to have you on. Um, again in a you know another episode and, and kind of share some impart some more of that knowledge but any kind of last last thing you want to impart with the listeners uh, at the end of this episode um i'm just glad that so many people also love beer and love talking about beer because it <laughs> brings so much joy you know is it like beer podcasts are proof that god exists and she wants us to be happy so <laughs> I couldn't say it about it myself. Thank you very much. I have to leave that on that one. Cheers, boys. Thanks a lot for coming on. Well, and uh, Liz, thank you. Thanks, again. Liz. Appreciate it. Amazing. Thanks for coming to talk to us. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so, for me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly, and if you or anyone else needs some help, go to drinkaware.co.uk for more information.